Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Product Coffee, a podcast where product management leaders share stories, advice, and thoughts on all things product over a cup of coffee. Grab a cup of joe and join us to level up your product career 30 minutes at a time. Topic I'm really interested in right now is like joining to lead a product team for the first time. Um, this is probably applicable whether you're at a, a smaller company or joining a bigger company and leading leading a specific group. But you know, I'm joining to be head of product for a small team of product managers at a, at a smaller company. And, um, you know, it's a big job leading a product team. So this is a, the first time for me. Um, I, I think you're relatively new to it, although you've done it in a couple of, couple of roles. Um, and uh, yeah, we both come from um, leveling each other up to now being able to level up others, which is yeah. an exciting opportunity, but also new and there's new things to learn and there's new challenges and adjustments and yeah. Well, how, yeah. yeah. How's it going? It's good. I, I think, I think what's difficult, difficult is there's some very different skill sets required to be a product, like an actual like product leader or head of product uh, than just being a product manager. Um, so there, there's a learning curve, right? Yeah. What, what are some examples that you've identified so far? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the difficult things is um, you're kind of responsible for the entire roadmap, right? Instead of just owning your own singular portion of right. the roadmap, or maybe if you're a senior PM or a lead PM, you might have like two different teams you're leading or, you know, it, it's a little more complicated. You might have a couple of work streams, a couple of roadmaps. Um, and that's not easy. Uh, to do in and of itself. And so as a, as a product leader, you're responsible just for the entire thing, right? You're responsible for pro- the product team. You're responsible for your roadmap at large. Um, and there's a lot of complexity that comes with that. Um, and, you know, I think one of the challenges that, that I'm facing right now is um, how do you, how do you kind of make the roadmap into what it needs to be coming into a role like this. There's usually already some semblance of a roadmap in place, at least from an, you know, executive expectation standpoint. Right. So it's like, here's the things we we think we need to be doing or the things we're already actively doing. Um, and then there are your individual product managers who each are kind of trying to execute against, you know, the things they need to do. And so, you know, I guess where I'm at is, we have a whole bunch of stuff that we feel like we need to do that we're in the middle of doing that, that I've joined and I need to now help execute. And uh, like diving into execution without the strategy. 
Exactly. And so it, yeah. it which it's, it's interesting. Cause I, you know, but I think usually when you join at this level in, in, at the state, like that's how it is. Right. I right. mean, they're hiring you to kind of build that vision and strategy. It's right. Some of the best, the best ways that I've found to uh, tackle that scenario is to, it's kind of like, I mean, they're essentially your customers. You, you want to empathize. You want to better understand why, like get to the why for each of these features. Like mm-hmm. typically it's a feature roadmap. It's like, we want to do X, Y, and Z and all of these mm-hmm. things. It's not like we want to drive certain outcomes, which is where right. we want to steer them towards, yep. but we can't necessarily pull off that bandaid yet. We have to get them, bring them along that journey or along that ride. So one of the things is just that, that one-on-one time with the CEO or basically mm-hmm. the person that is working yep. on that roadmap and, and has the the strong opinions and and sitting down with them and backing out into outcomes, right? List yeah. out your features and like, all right, what is the intended outcome? Defining what an outcome means and saying, this is what I'm looking from you. Like, what are you, what is, what is your expectation for what done looks like here? Mm-hmm. Um, if we, it's not just completion. It's not a completion of a feature. It is, we want to do this so that we can acquire new customers or we mm-hmm. want to do X, Y, Z. And depending on your founder or your CEO you're working with, that list can be long. It's it really long. Very yeah. Long, right. <laughs> yeah. So, but take the hour, take the two hours, take the hour a week or whatever that you guys can manage to go through that and really understand the, the why behind each of these features, like get that out of their heads, right? You, they want this, they want you to, you know, tell the story and get the company mobilized around executing on their vision that's in their head. And the only way we can do that is to build that product vision, that strategy, the topology, the pillars, like all all those Mm -hmm. things in order to set up the team for success. So they see the same vision that is in the CEO's head, right? Mm -hmm. It's getting that out. Um, And so that's where I found success is kind of each of those features talking about those outcomes and like, Hmm, there's an interesting theme here. All of this is acquiring more customers. Okay. Why don't we create a team around acquiring more customers? Yeah. Why don't we create a team around retention? All these metrics around retention. Usually it's, it's down to those two acquisition and retention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, maybe, maybe revenue. And then you can yeah. kind of orient. Yeah. It, right. Yeah. Revenue is tied in with all of those, but like mm-hmm. that, that's kind of at the end of the day, pulling that out in this exercise for them is, is a way to, um, have them visualize and under, make make better sense of uh, um, the why behind what they want to go do, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so I think that's some really good advice. I think treating treating the executive team kind of as, as your customers is is a good one. Um, I've spent some time trying to break down like the why and talking about outcomes. I think that's uh, it's important to to think about. You know, we're not just launching a feature; we're looking to drive impact. Um, I think uh, related to that, so you have the roadmap, you're trying to drive these outcomes, you, you come into a new role, the executive team has a laundry list of everything mm, they want you to do. It always starts like that. Yeah. Right. And so, <laughs> yeah, and usually it's like in the middle, of, it's in progress, right? And so that's, yeah. that's kind of... Uh, that's kind of where it's at for me. And then you have your individual product managers who each have mm-hmm. projects they've been working on. Um, but how do you, how do you help your product managers feel empowered right away? Even if they're just kind of working in a feature factory? Um, yes. So I, again, like the, going back to the feature factory, there's always intent, right? There's always some thing in the back of their mind that they 
feel that this is the right thing to be working on. And it's, it's our jobs to understand why, and then hammer on that why really. And then focus on, Oh, the why is because we want to drive this outcome. Well, then let's focus on that outcome. Is this actually doing that or not? And then how can you orient your roadmap around solving that outcome mm-hmm. versus just accomplishing something that you thought would do the, the trick, right? And it's mm-hmm. kind of getting into the product fundamental side of things. Um, outlining some of your methodologies would be huge for your product managers because sometimes they're looking for you for that leadership and that knowledge, right? Like if you're a successful PM and you got to the point where you're now head of product, then it's like, they want to learn, right? They want to learn to do the exact same things that you're doing and, and kind of codify those methodologies and how can you teach in a way that they feel along the ride and not just being told what to do. Um, and a lot of that, I love templates. I love, hey, this is what's worked for me. Let's give this a shot. Let's review what's working for you, what's not, um, those kind of things. But really yeah. focusing on the definitions are super important here when you talk about outcome versus output. And I like to always orient our conversations before we dive into the outcomes around these definitions. And an output is a thing that a product does, like a feature. Mm-hmm. An outcome is a measurable change in behavior that drives business results. Outcomes describe the why, a set of features, and the value they are tended to deliver. So if we orient around that terminology, the definitions, then mm-hmm. the, you know they're already starting to think about these things when you look at these features. That was like an impressively succinct and well-worded, uh, I think, description of outcomes and outputs. <laughs> so, uh, so good job there. I will be, I will be copying that, uh, stealing that really. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I think all of that is true. Uh, and, you know, I, I think I've, I've noticed that um, I think PMs are looking for their head of product to really give that guidance and they want to understand like what is our head of product trying to accomplish how is he thinking about problems uh really they're look i think pms are looking for how can i be successful i'm trying to like back into how i felt you know six nine months ago uh, and you want to be successful with what you're doing you want to understand the strategy you want to help with the strategy um and to be honest you want to you want to make an impact and you know you would love for your your outcomes to be impressive for the, for the company, for the user. Um, and to do that, you need to have a good understanding of, of what the head of product is trying to do. Um, I guess this is a, a related question. Um, so something else I'm, I'm finding is um, when you join a new company, you know, they have a roadmap, they expect you to hit the ground running, start executing uh, while also starting to get strategy in place. Um, Oftentimes, the teams are not necessarily in the best organizational model to to effectively yeah that develop, topology, develop right yeah right, yeah the team topology typically in smaller companies place. you see like a front end and a back end team right like it's it's right. it's usually just one team that team get grows enough to then split out into to code base and mm-hmm. and then they start you know jumping on that. And then they realize this is what I've seen as a, as a pattern from all the companies I've been a part of. They realize then, Oh, they're, they're creating bottlenecks. This person's getting a partially done project. And then this person is getting pointed the finger at and saying that they aren't getting their job done. And at the end of the day, no one's driving outcomes. So again, orienting around those outcomes, like, Hey, you know, we wanted to do it this way and it's not driving our outcomes. And then, so proposing a new topology that can orient around those really helps you be successful because then you can point out, here's the pros, here's the cons, here's what it is today. Here's what Mm -hmm. it could be in the future. 
right? And then, and then getting them excited about those opportunities, right? And that might look like more hires, right? And it yeah. might look like reprioritizing or uh, potentially cutting people. Like it, it just might look different than it is today. And that's expected, mm-hmm. right? But, but you having that background knowledge of how these teams can operate well, I think, you know, that that's what you're bringing to the table, right? Yeah. And so that, that proposal is super important. I always like to look at these pillars which Zach, you're really good about putting those like um, the vision and mission, that strategy, like that whole doc, you have a really good template for that. So like leveraging that, but how does that back into topology? And I think mm-hmm. the way that can back into topology is that exercise I told you about, like working with that leaders on the features, backing out into outcomes, orienting around the outcomes, and then saying, what are the most important outcomes that we need? And then you orient each team around that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's, I'm going through that exercise now. That's why I can yep. tell you, like, that's what's working for me. Yeah. Um, but we have Lou on the other side, which is on a different side of the coin where he's an IC and actually hiring uh, a, a vice president of product to come in and lead um, the product team. So I'm curious too, Lou, from the other side of the coin, uh, it's a much larger company, obviously, and in a different product organization, like, what are your expectations for this new head of product essentially coming into the company? You know, it's interesting. I hadn't done a, an interview for somebody like who would be like a, a direct leader over me really before. Every time I've been in an organization, you kind of come in, right? And the leadership structure is more or less there and less people are kind of advancing. In this case, I, at a bigger organization, I think what you're looking for is a few things. One, is this somebody that you and the team can learn from? Like, are they going to come in and truly up-level the game of, of everyone else? And I think there's a, a risk, right? Sometimes if you're always promoting from inside the company, you're not getting fresh ideas, fresh perspective. And sometimes, you know, maybe the people that are getting moved into those positions truly aren't capable of running it in a way that maybe somebody who's done that position at three or four businesses is. So I think one, I was looking for, can they actually up-level everybody else? The second thing that I was looking for is, are they the right person for the business? Can they work with our leadership team effectively? Can they establish bigger product strategies and roadmaps, get everybody inspired? And ultimately, when you're hiring a person like that, I mean, back in my startup days, right, there is also some, I don't want to say some vanity, but, you know, are they the right person that the board can trust? Are they the right person for that leadership team that, you know, people who are board members, investors, et cetera, can look down and say, yeah, you've got, you know, the right people in the right seat on the bus and we're all going to be moving forward together. And so I think those are the kind of key pieces that, in that interview, I was kind of asking myself and, you know, see, hoping that they, uh, hoping that we pick somebody who's right for that position. So, so with that, Lou, like as say, you know, you know, forward in the future here, you've hired that person. What are your expectations for them in like the first 90 days? Um, yeah. What does that look like? Well, okay. So I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the questions that I asked was, um, and you guys kind of touched on this too, and we've talked about it in previous episodes, right? If you want to have an entrepreneurial-minded team, right, then you would hire entrepreneurial-minded PMs. If you want to have a task-oriented team, you might hire PMs who are more project manager-oriented, right? Everybody has their different style. So how to, and one of the questions I asked him was, how do you onboard? 
what's what's it going to be like? What's the process you're going to take to look at our organization and join the team? And the answer that I feel like I'm always looking for is somebody who can say, I'm going to take a step back and I want to observe and see what are the things that are working well? What are the strategies that are paying off? What are the areas that need some improvement? And start trying to adjust those um, you know, swiftly, but also gradually, right? You don't, sometimes we uh, make the mistake and, and I was one of these guys in an earlier startup, but you come in and you want to make changes all day, every day, really quickly. And half the time you make changes before you have enough context. And then you really end up doing more harm than good um, in the long run. So I actually think having a VP who can actually uh, almost maybe approach it like a product manager would, right? Let's get to a new space. Let's uh, understand what we need to deliver. And, and hopefully, you know, I, I'm, I'm guessing maybe both of you might have taken that approach when you joined new businesses, right? Like, how did you guys onboard when, when you uh, joined your companies as the head of products? Yeah, I... I, uh, I think those are great points. Um, and I want to have, I have a follow-up question, but I, I can answer yours first. Um, so joining a new company, I definitely have approached it sort of like that. So I put together a 90 day plan and the structure, this is something I've done as an individual product manager too, where it's like, okay, first 30 days is really about listening, learning, understanding the team you're working with. So as a product manager, that's your individual engineering team, understanding fellow PMs you work closely with, how the organization works. Um, essentially, it was the same thing. It's like, I want to take the first month, really understand the, the organization, everybody's roles, how the teams work together, um, you know, the business model. Uh, some of these things I had a little bit of an understanding of, like really understand the mechanics of how everything's working. Uh, and then the second month, start to help execute some of the in-progress work, um, start to make some changes to improve efficiency of the various like product teams. And then by the third month, start to put a roadmap and strategy into place. Um, and that was kind of the sense I had from like working with product leaders in the past at places like Ibotta. And I, I've heard there's a lot of value in like trying to be observant first before you get in and like monkey around with the inner workings too much before you really know what you're doing. And so I felt, I feel fairly cognizant of that. Um, the, the tricky thing is the, the timing I joined this organization, we're in the middle of a major like project, a major revamp of the, the website with some pretty significant potential business impact on the SEO front. Um, and so it's like, there's this heavy executional lift to be done right now. And I, I almost get the feeling that there is, there is some desire for me to move more quickly than, than, than that, um, which has been interesting because it's like, I, I, I want to make sure I'm doing the right things, but I also, I don't want to give the impression that I'm, I'm not moving quickly. And so something you said that I really liked was how do you do something swiftly, but gradually it's like this weird sort of contradiction. Um, but I, I think is true. And I'd love to like dig in a little more and get your thoughts on what that means. I, I can give some perspective on yep. what I've been trying to do. And that's looking for small wins where I can things to like make iterative improvements that aren't super interconnected with like major processes. So not trying to, you know, 
change anyone's role directly or move teams around right away. Um, but maybe we slightly refocus what a team is, uh, you know, one of the projects a team is working on or things like that. You know, it's funny you say that because this kind of reminded me, like I said, of a couple experiences I've had. And one of the things that really, that I, I have to say, like, this is my biggest level set. And I tell so many people this now when I start, you know, working with them, when I would consult with people, et cetera, is you're hiring me as a product manager. You're not hiring me as an engineer who can make an immediate impact to the output of a team. Like you hiring me as a product manager, like, yes, I'm going to help you steer in the right direction. But you also have to understand that if you hire me today and you're expecting some net major net output in 30, 60 days, you're not going to get it. Right. And so I think that's the first thing is like level setting that expectation. I think early companies, sometimes we have this, uh, when I was doing smaller companies, we have this feeling that like, if we hire the right person into this position, all of a sudden in 30 or 60 days, everything will just be magically better. Right. Everything will be so different. It's going to be awesome. All our problems will be solved. Right. All our woes (laughs) will be no more. Yeah. Right. And we know that never happens. Yeah. And I think that's where there's two risks, right? So with an early stage company, it's that you expect that change right now. Yeah. And everybody feels that. And here's the reason why you feel that. The company may have been around for a year. So two months, three months is 25% the lifetime of this entire business, right? Whereas you go to a company like Ibotta or Intel or something like that, that's been around 10, 20, 30 years, you get that, that stretch, Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think there is this um, first thing is set those expectations, right? Let people know, yeah, you were hiring me as a product manager, but I'm at the end of the day, you as an individual might be able to help the team optimize what to build a little bit. You might be able to cut down some scope, make some tactful decisions, but a big project's a big project. So in the Swift news, like I said, it's it's about okay, let's look at what we got in flight. Can I apply my diligent skills to make it a little bit more efficient? Can we get those engineers to run 10, 20% better than what they are? It may not make a huge difference initially, but can we do something that has a little bit of impact? And we get everybody on board with that. And then as you come to make those bigger, more critical decisions, right? You feel like you have the context and you're making those decisions that are going to truly have that, that impact on those outcomes that Kevin was talking about before, you know? So I think that's, that's the first part. That's, that's my cautionary tale anyway. Yeah. That's super (laughs) helpful. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. I, I think what are, what are small improvements you can make now without messing with things too much? Well, look, look. Let's talk about that really quick. So let's talk about the, how to do that successfully and not, um, not, not, not kind of get into that scenario where it feels like you're not making enough progress, where you feel like you're not making enough. And also others do as well. Like what the one thing I found was, is to really be honest and, and, and bring people along for the ride in your position and, and really be truthful from what the experiences that you're going through. So it's like, yeah, this is my first at a product role. I'm going to be learning. Um, I do have this experience, you know, and reminding yourself those things, but here's what I'm, I'm going to be doing. And here's those things that contribute to the long-term gains that we're expecting out of this role. And some of those things like those minor and process improvements, these smaller wins, I found 
more successful when you bring people along and be transparent with how you're gathering information and informing that strategy. So for example, if you're looking at business transformation and team topology, you can look at things like running a retro on a quarter, right? Like do let's, you know, Hey, I'm new. I want to understand where the team is at. Let's, let's go through this exercise, answer some of these questions, see where we're at as a team and have a discussion to inform me. And then also just to reflect on the last two quarters, last quarter and see how it's been going. Um, where are we missing the mark? Where are we not? And then that gives you fuel and transparency because if you include leadership into that discussion, they can provide their thoughts. They can see what other employees are saying about what's working, what's not. And then you could say, all right, that's going to be informing my strategy. So like here, you know, my, my, you know, ideal state is we have this typology that kind of uh, uh, is oriented around outcomes and look at all the areas that could improve the employee's well-being or the work process by feeding that into this topology. So it's just more fuel for that, but it's, it's that transparency. It's the, here's how I'm gathering that data. And here's why you need to continue to make that investment in trust and, and, and willing for us to kind of do that hard work up front because you know that it's going to benefit in the long term, right? Kevin, I actually kind of question for you on, on those outcomes. When you joined in, did your leadership team come to you and say, hey, here's what we're trying to drive. Here's the metrics we're trying to go for. Did they, did they start off like that or did they kind of say, hey, here's our product or we really want you to just optimize it, make it better, you know, et cetera? Yeah, they... I don't know if they quite knew what they wanted at first. Um, It was funny in the various different companies, usually you get a feature roadmap. Here's the things that are top of mind. And it's like one through 15 of just boom, 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 boom. And I'll get you time. We'll walk through them and I'll tell you why they're important. Like, okay, Um, sure. (laughs) You know, uh, that's usually how it starts. Um, some companies, actually, this one has been the most furthest along that I've been a part of at this stage that has been aware of what OKRs are and how that contributes to better, um, you know, um, outcomes and in, in, in business process and features and products. And so they already are familiar with the language and are applying it in some ways, but they're new to it. So they're not necessarily doing it in the most ideal way that could gener- generate the best output, right? So, you know, it kind of yeah. comes back to that point I shared the other day, right? Which is the product leadership, product leadership org, or they need to really think about the whole company as the product, not just the individual silo to which you're in or the roadmap that you're looking at. But you need to look at the budget balance, right? You need to look at the product marketing org. You need to look at everything, right? How people are interacting. What's our hiring process, right? Like, Maybe, and that's kind of the step too, as you guys were saying in these little steps, it's like, don't just think about maybe the product that's right in front of you, but think about the organization as the product and then become a PM, right? Use your PM skills to optimize the organization. Yes, you're not talking about one user experience, but you are talking about the topology. You're talking about the interactions, the team, the budget, the spend, the engineering org treat all of that as your product and think about holistically how to manage that process. And I bet people will probably find more little things to do rather than just how do I make a, you know, an improvement in a product roadmap that'll take six months to execute. Right. And there's also, I mean, there are some hard metrics, right? Typically if the company 
has a, a board, you know, that there's some accountability there already set and expectations of like, yeah, we're going to grow this much in revenue or merchant, you know, or uh, customers or what have you. And so there are some of those harder business requirements that uh, are business milestones that we want to achieve. Um, that does make it easier, right? When you have some of those things that are tangible, it's easier. If you're earlier stage in startup and essentially you haven't found product market fit, it's, that's, a, that's a harder place to be in because you're more in the experimentation mode um, and, and, and trying to establish that to then grow. So that is more executional, I think, as opposed to if you've already found a product market fit and you're growing a team, which is a little different. I, I like the idea of treat the team as your product um, and then under, understand your metrics. Like what does success look like? That's, uh, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. So, um, cool. this is a pretty big topic. I imagine we could, we could continue this in the <laughs> we future. Could do a part two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, um, yeah, it, rate, review, subscribe, share out, tell us your stories and, and how, um, you know, uh, if this is resonating with you, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and it looks like we finished up our coffee, so go level up. Mm-hmm.